cool. We got a a one-off kind of special message tonight. That's uh, this topic has been on my heart, and then my dad preached on it this weekend, um, which I was excited about. And then I had this other message on the uh, cleansing of the leper written up, and I still might talk about that a little bit. But then last night, late, um, I wrote this kind of outline for our small group leaders on the topic of holiness. I stayed up till probably one in the morning doing it last night. And then this morning I'm like studying for my message tonight and I was like trying to think of all the things I wanted to say about the about cleansing the leper and all that kind of stuff. And then I was realizing that I think my heart is more in the topic of holiness today than it is in the topic of cleansing the leper. So I switched it up. And we're going to do this tonight, and I think it's going to be good. We're going to have some interactive uh, illustrations, and it's going to be good. So tonight's uh, message title, if you'd like to take notes, um, if you're that type of peep, uh, if you don't, I would encourage you to. It's just cool. Like, when you're thinking, man, how do I how do I go back, and or how do I do devotionals, or how do I read my Bible? Here's a really easy way. I'll give you all the things to do. If you take notes during my messages and write down the scriptures that I give you, there's your daily devotional. Like, Just go back over the week every day and read one of the scriptures and reiterate one of the points of my message. And if you do that throughout a week, maybe it'll get you to Sunday and you're sitting in here on Sunday listening to the main message. Like, do that for that one. Does that make sense? It, it, it's kind of an easy roadmap for you. Uh, so the title of tonight's uh, message is Endless Pursuit. Everybody say Endless Pursuit. The reason it's called endless pursuit is because there's, there's a pursuit that we all as Christ followers have towards holiness. But there's also a, a reality that will never quite get there. So it's an endless pursuit. It's a, it's a noble pursuit. It's a good pursuit. It's a righteous pursuit. But it is, in this life, endless. It will never quite reach it because we'll never be perfect we'll never be Jesus but our goal is to be like Jesus so I've, I've been the last couple months I've been been really thinking about holiness and the pursuit of holiness and whether it's even worth it or not and it's not really a question I've really asked it's a question I'm trying to answer because I know it's worth it but why is it worth it because if we can't ever reach it why would we try does that make sense? If it's an endless pursuit, why am I wasting my time? Because I don't think it's a waste of time. I think it's a life well lived. If we pursue holiness. Endless pursuit. It's interesting. Uh, ben and I follow uh, a lot of weird theologians on Instagram and stuff. And so I'd say their names, but you don't even want to know. Uh, but... Um, and uh, there was a post, I think they post, or it was a book he wrote, or something like that, a while back, uh, this guy, Nathan. And, um, and he pointed out, which is really good, everybody's all about love nowadays, which is good to a certain extent, because the Bible says faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these are is love. So love is good. But here's the thing. God is described as love, I think it's twice. In the entire Bible. And he's described as holy over 400 times. But somehow, 
we've elevated love in our distorted version of love over holiness. But here's the thing. I think love is a fruit from the tree of holiness. I think hope, I think peace, I think love, joy, peace, patience, all those things. I think those are fruit from a life lived holy. Does that make sense? So instead of putting all the emphasis on love, how about we put the emphasis on holiness, and if we live a holy and righteous life, we are a loving people. Amen? So I've got kind of four questions. Four questions we're going to answer tonight. We're going to have some fun doing, okay? So the first question is, we've got to define our terms. What is holiness? What is holiness? There's kind of two things I've kind of landed on here. And the first one is, holiness is... In God is that he's perfect in goodness and righteousness. He's perfectly good and he's perfectly righteous. And he always has been and he always will be. There's, there's nothing evil about God. There's nothing unrighteous about God. There's nothing bad about him. He's perfectly good and perfectly righteous. Amos 5.15 says, Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord Almighty will be with you just as you say he is. So it's the first part, perfectly good and perfectly righteous, which none of us can reach. So we're already like, oh man, the pursuit of holiness. <sighs> but the second part is it, of it is to be set apart. Be set apart in perfect goodness and perfect righteousness. What does being set apart mean? Simply... We'll get to it. Okay, so Leviticus 20, 26 says, You are to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. I have I've taken you and made you different. I've set you apart. You're different than the other nations. He's, this is what God is saying to Israel. So the second question I want to answer is, what does it mean to be set apart, and what are some things I need to set apart in my life? Right? But mainly, what does it mean to be set apart. What does it mean to be set apart? So a couple of scriptures that will help us here. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Notice that it doesn't say, offer your spirit, offer your mind, in this specific text, it says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. In our generation, that's pretty deep. <laughs> it has some implications. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It means every ounce of our body, everything we have, should be dedicated to the Lord. It should be a sacrifice Set apart, set aside for the Lord. When you in, in, in Old Testament times, when you would sacrifice something for the Lord, you would have a, a, a herd of sheep, right? And you would pick the, the best one, the most spotless sheep, and you would set it apart as a sacrifice to the Lord. And so there's an aspect of God setting us apart, but there's an aspect of us setting ourselves apart that needs to happen. That if I'm going to be a living sacrifice unto God, I want to be as spotless as I possibly can. Not because it means I'm better than anybody else. Not because it gets me to heaven, because it doesn't. But because I'm his and he is holy. 
right? 2 Timothy 1.9 says, He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So this means, check this out. This means that to be set apart is to sacrifice our desires for those of God. His will, not ours. The best part about that is that his will is better than ours. <laughs> his ways are better than ours, right? And so I'm going to sacrifice, even like that scripture said, I'm going to set my, my, even my body aside as a sacrifice for God. This is crazy, but did you know, do you, does anybody know what gluttony is? I'm going to call myself out right now. Why'd you laugh? <laughs> so gluttony is like overeating, and it's actually a sin in the Bible. And it's actually one of the sins. There's like seven sins listed that God really, really hates, and it's one of them. Oh, Lord. I had this big old torta today. It was so good. But listen, listen, listen. <laughs> listen. God has given us a life on this earth to expand his kingdom. And if we take years away by being unhealthy and treating our bodies badly, then we are minimizing the gift that God's given us called life. Right? So some, some of it's just like simple. Like that even my body's a sacrifice. All right, God, I'm going to do everything I can to live as long as I can because there's more, always more people to reach for you. But also as we worship, as we sing, the reason I love singing as a form of worship is because it takes every atom in your body to do it. You can't sing like, right? When you worship, if you're going to really worship and sing, it's, it's like your whole body's involved in it. I think it's wonderful. So here's the thing. His will, not ours, because his ways are better than ours. And we could never pursue holiness without the grace Jesus gives us. Right? But what it means to be set apart is to be set aside for something specific. Something specific. Right? So, let's say, I'm trying to think of something here real quick. Alright, let's say I wanted to win a Fortnite tournament. And I'm going to choose a couple of you to set apart. All I'm saying is I would not choose Ken, okay? I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Or here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's another thing. Let's say I'm balling on a budget and I need to get the drippiest outfit of all time. I'm calling Sarah 10 times out of 10. Or Jake. Or both of them. I'm going to set those two apart. For, for my purpose of drippiness, right? Which I might need to do because I'm going to a wedding next week. Um, <laughs> I mean, just saying. But does that make sense? So the reason some folks are, like, for that instance, that goofy kind of, I would set them apart for the purpose of getting some new drip, right? So if God has set you apart, it's for a purpose. Why, is, why are you set apart? Why are we set apart? Right? 
he has, he has a goal, he has a purpose of redemption for all of creation. If we're set apart, it's for that purpose. To partner in that redemption. So we must be redeemed. We must accept transformation. We must accept and, and walk in sanctification. Which is a really fancy word of like getting more holy. You know what I mean? Okay. So here's, here's my third question. Number three. We're rolling. We're rolling through this. This is the hard one. How can we manage, or how do I balance the expectation of failure with the willingness to try? How do I balance the expectation of failure with the willingness to try? What does that mean? That means why would I try if I know I'm going to fail? But you should. But why would I? Anybody ever want to try something that you know you're going to fail and you're never going to succeed at? No, you don't want to do that, right? You might try at times. I've, I've been there where I keep trying, like, like, at, like the In-N-Out picnic and the carnival stuff. I keep trying. I keep trying knowing I'm never going to win, right? And it's rigged. And certain people are set apart to win that, but not me. But I keep trying. And I feel so dumb for trying. So why would I try to be holy? Why would I try, Jeremiah, to live a righteous life? Why would I try, Karis, to be a better person? Why would I try to be more like Jesus if I know I can never be really him? Why would I do that? Right? How can we manage or balance the expectation of failure with the willingness to try? 1 Peter 1, 15-16 says, But just as he who called you is holy... So be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. So here's something cool. This is the first part of it. We pursue holiness because we were called and set apart by the one who is holy. So we belong to him. We are called children of God. We are called citizens of heaven. So what do you do when you become a citizen of a new place? You adopt culture. So if I became a citizen of Costa Rica, I'd be surfing all the time. And, and avoiding all the weird bugs and animals. And eating a lot of fruit. Why? Because I've chosen to become a citizen of that place, and so I adopt a new culture. And I love that culture. We live in California. We don't live in Louisiana or Mississippi. If we did, we'd have a different culture. But here we like avocados and tacos. And you just put avocado on everything and sell it for $12. It's like, here's a piece of bread with some avocado on it. That'll be $13.99. What? In a water cup? We charge 25 cents for that now. And we love taxes. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to get into it. But l- listen, when you become a citizen of somewhere else, you adopt the culture. So we were citizens of a fallen world, and the culture is sin. And then we become citizens of heaven that has a culture of holiness. And so the reason we pursue holiness is because we are citizens of the place where the culture is holiness. 
and we belong to God. And so we want to be like him. Do you ever remember growing up, like, wanting to be like your parents? I remember my dad was, like, my dad played college basketball, and then he, like, got mono and he quit. But anyways, he, he played, like, a little bit, and uh, a little bit of college basketball. So I remember as a kid, I was like, dude, I want to be just like my dad. And I remember thinking, like, for this is something, like, guys typically think. Maybe girls do, too. I don't know. I just, I've never been in the mind of a girl. But I remember growing up, I was like, every, everyone, I, everyone I look at, like, their dad's picking them up from school. I'd be like, oh, my dad could kick your, oh, my. My dad would beat up your dad. Like, I, I wish he would. I wish you would try to bully me because my dad messed your dad up, bro. Like, and I was like, I thought my dad was a superhero. I thought he was a superhero. He still is, though. He's cool. If you know my dad, he's a G for sure. Um, but I wanted to be like my dad. Why? Because I, my identity was rooted in him. When you're a kid, that's, that's basically all you identify as. I'm my parents' kid. Like, people would be like, who are you? And sometimes I wouldn't even say my name. <laughs> They're like, Brett, who are you? I'm Pastor Tom's kid. Oh, okay. No, but like, what's your name? <laughs> I'm Brett. But why, in the church setting, growing up, why did I say I'm Pastor Tom's kid? Because it held some authority. It gave me some purpose. And so if you are gifted the gift of being a child of God, that should be our main identity. And for it to be our main identity, our main pursuit needs to be holiness. Amen? Hebrews 12, 14 says, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Ben, while I'm saying this, could you set up my little basketball hoop in my, in my ball real quick? Just, just put it over there and then we're going to have the ball over here. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. God's grace is magnified in our pursuit of holiness. Get, make it, you know, kind of far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, give me, give me the ball. Yeah, that's fine. St- and, and, then, and then stand right there. Keep standing there. So here, here's the thing, everybody. God's grace is magnified in our pursuit of holiness. Why? Because when we fail, he's faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. What does that mean? He gives us another try. I need a volunteer. Who thinks they can make this shot? Who thinks they can make this shot? Andres, come here. Andres, come here. Okay. Everybody listen up. Here, come here. So this shot, this shot is, is your life. Now listen, listen. You have one shot. At holiness. Because holiness in definition is like perfection. So if you miss this shot, that's it. But go for it. Go for it. If you drain this, I'm going to be so mad. (laughs) Hold it. So how do you feel right now? You feel bad because you missed it, right? What if we give you another shot? Do it again. I know, but isn't it worth a try? So what did you just say before that? I don't know. Miss it again. He said, I'm probably going to miss it again. (laughs) 
Wait, but let's try again. Every time I get the ball back, every, every time you miss, it makes getting the ball back sweeter, right? How much more do you want to make it now than the first time? You want to make it more because you've tried twice and you failed twice. You guys ever been stuck at a carnival game? Like, I swear I can win that game. I swear. The first time you're like, whatever, this ain't cool. I don't care. And you throw it. There's like a bucket four feet in front of you. They're like, just land the ball in the bucket. You're like, cool. And it bounces out. What the? So the second time you're in line, you're antsy. I'm going for it. And then you miss again. Ooh, the third time. I'm doing it again. So your desire for it is magnified when you lose it. Try again. It's okay. Here, let's try again. All right, all right, here we go. Try again. Thank you, you can sit down. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, I want to try it out. I'm trying to be that guy. Oh, one more, one more, one more. Listen, God's grace is magnified in our pursuit of holiness because every time we miss, he gives us the ball back and says, try again. And then guess what? Every time we confess our sins, every time we accept, accept him as our Lord and Savior, right? When we say, Jesus, you're, I'm living for you, then Jesus, I, I couldn't illustrate it because I couldn't guarantee I was going to make the shot, but Jesus takes the ball and makes the shot for us. And so when God's like looking at you, like, oh, are you going to make the shot? Of being holy. This is your one shot at life. Are you going to make it? And Jesus is like, let me stand right next to you. Swish. God's like, man, I see, I see Jesus' righteousness in you. The Bible says that we become the righteousness of Christ. So the reason we pursue holiness, even though we know we're going to fail, is because we get two gifts in one. We get God's call to holiness, and we get his grace in the pursuit of it. Right? So I'm going to try because, because I know him and I'm his. And being his means that this is part of my identity. I'm Christ's righteousness, and so I'm going to live for that. And also I'm going to do it because in my failures, he's magnified. And in my pursuit, he's magnified. Right? In my turning from my failures. Here's the thing. If I gave the ball to Andres, and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. And walked away, then me giving him the ball didn't mean anything. But I gave him the ball back. He's like, all right, I can do this. And he shot again. And then it's like, oh, wait, here's the ball again. And that's like us. And sometimes we make the shot, sometimes we miss. Sometimes we do really good at being righteous, and sometimes we miss. But the difference between a life in pursuit of holiness and a life not is if we try to keep shooting. So it's not just accepting that, oh, I'm just going to live this part of my life unholy. Hopefully God just kind of skips over that. It's saying, man, this is going to be hard, but I'm going to try and live my whole life 
righteous unto him because I'm just going to keep shooting. Even if it means I'm just playing catch with Jesus. Right? So I'm going to leave you with some practical application. What are, what are some ways to strive for holiness? If you're taking notes, write these down. God's word, prayer, fasting, worship, and being led by the Holy Spirit. Some easy ways. God's word, what does that mean? That means reading your Bible. Writing down the scriptures that I'm saying and just reading them. <laughs> Our Instagram page posts a daily scripture every day. Go read it, and then actually if you're like, oh, I'm, I'm interested, find that scripture and just find everything around it and read the chapter. <laughs> but God's word, Psalm 119.9 says, How can a young person stay on the path of purity? This is really good for us. Everybody listen up. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. Prayer. Psalm 17, 6 says, I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. Fasting. Acts 13, 2 says about Saul and Barnabas, who Saul's Paul, but while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. How do, I, how, do I, how do I become set apart? How do I live a holy life? God's word, prayer, fasting, worship. Jeremiah 20, 12 says, Sing to the Lord, give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. And being led by the Holy Spirit, Romans 8, 14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So I find my identity in him when I am led by the Holy Spirit. So I read God's word. I pray. I talk to God. I fast. Every once in a while, I just tell things that are distracting me. No. That's all. That's all fasting is. Taking stuff that's, that's sometimes it's f- food. Food's a good one because you're just telling your flesh no. But sometimes it's social media and other things. And I'm saying no for a little while. And yes to God. Worship. Worship's just giving God your everything. In, in, in times of worship, but then in a life of worship, right? And then being led by the Holy Spirit means that in every decision you make, in every walk that you have, you're asking God, is this what you want for me? Right? So that's all I got for tonight. Um, hopefully that was cool and fun. And he, here's the thing. If you, if you take one thing from this message, maybe it's a punchline that you put on your screensaver or right on your mirror, but just say, Keep on shooting. Just keep on shooting. It's not. It's not like we're gonna. It's not like we're gonna be um, perfect by any means. We're not. We're gonna fail. I fail every day at being holy and righteous, but I'm getting better at it. Why am I getting better at it? Because if I gave you 15 chances to shoot that, you'd probably make it. If I gave you one, you probably wouldn't. Does that make sense? <laughs> Shelby's like, I drained it first try. Um, but does that, that make sense? As we keep trying, it gets easier. And you're, you might be thinking as a young person, you might be thinking, Brett, the pursuit of holiness is so hard. I don't want to be a loser at school. All my friends aren't even close to holy, right? Why would I pursue it? Why would I, why would I go against culture when everybody's telling me that this is how I should live my life? Why should I live it in a different way that might actually bring persecution. Why would I do that? 
Why, why, would, I, why would I do it? Even, even if I know I'm going to be hypocritical because I'm going to fail. Why would I do that? Because it's better to keep on shooting than to walk away. Just keep on shooting. And there's two gifts that happen from it. The call to the pursuit of holiness and the grace to keep going. All right? So let's pray. Jesus, help us to chase after you. Help us to live a a holy and righteous life. Even though we know we're never going to be perfect, God, help us to keep on shooting. Help us to keep on trying. And help us to get better at it every day. God, I pray that we never become so desensitized to sin that we don't think it's bad anymore. God, help us to recognize that we live in a world that's fallen. We live in a world that idolizes sin, in a world that... um, loves momentary pleasure and help us to pursue living water. Help us to pursue you, God, who is eternal and and you can fill every God-sized hole that's in our heart. So we lift you up. We thank you for tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.